0: Welcome, everybody, this is First Principles Podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to analyzing all issues of the environment from first principles. Today, I'll be taking a closer look at the sad tragedy that took place in East Palestine with the Norfolk Train Company. If you're unaware, about a month ago, there was a train disaster, which was perhaps one of the worst environmental disasters that took place on the mainland of the United States. Now, there's much that can be said about this, whether or not it was an accident or whether or not it could have been prevented. However, what I want to do is analyze the environmental carnage that was caused by the burning of the vinyl chloride. One of the tanks was carrying vinyl chloride and it was burnt off to create a giant black smoking soot disaster. And the question is, was it justified? The people on the ground, they said they had no choice. But others are saying after the fact that no, this was actually not a justified burn. And it was only done to clear up the railway so that they could just get shipment going and get product out the door. Now that is my question today that I will hopefully be analyzing and trying to break down again from first principles. Because that is the goal of this show. Analyze things from the first principles from the roots so I truly did not have an answer going into this analysis I did not know whether or not it was justified for them to burn off the vinyl chloride or not because on the one hand maybe it made sense maybe it was the only choice that they had but on the other hand you know hindsight 2020 it seemed like it was not the right thing to do Um, However, I I don't think that they have yet claimed that it was a mistake. I don't think that they've gone back and said, hey, uh, this is wrong uh, and uh, this is as of March 16th. So there's been no claims of uh, malpractice or uh, malfeasance or um, just doing things the wrong way. So um, again, the question is, was the burn justified? And hopefully by the end of this episode, we will come to a conclusion that I believe is reasonable. So just to start again, what happened was on February 23rd, from the top, um, there was a derailment. And uh, uh, sorry, this was from the NTSB report, the National, National Transportation Safety Bureau, I believe, in the US so February 23rd they released a report where they did an analysis of what happened and uh, so this is it so February 23rd that was the original date uh, so February 3rd excuse me was the date of the original derailment which included 20 placarded hazardous material tank cars transporting combustible liquids flammable liquids and flammable gases including vinyl chloride on February 5th responders mitigated the fire so There was a fire that took place after the derailment. The first responders were trying to put it out for a couple days, they eventually succeeded. But five derailed DOT-105 specification tank cars carrying 115,580 gallons of vinyl chloride continued to concern authorities because the temperature inside one tank car was still rising. This increase in temperature, suggested that the vinyl chloride was undergoing polymerization reaction, which could pose an explosion hazard. So the polymerization reaction note here is an exothermic reaction. And they're claiming that the monomer of vinyl chloride, which which is an input for the creation of pvc polyvinyl chloride which is a very common plastic substance that is ubiquitously used for many different purposes multitude of different uses uh, going from piping in domestic households to um uh, to, to the liner that's used for uh, treatment ponds so on and so forth many different uses for vinyl chloride or PVC but this was the monomer uh, VC so the polymerization is an exothermic reaction meaning that heat is released so they were concerned that the polymerization was taking place and this was leading to an increase in temperature which they were detecting now this is the part that doesn't make sense the responders scheduled a controlled venting of the final vinyl chloride tank cars to release and burn the vinyl chloride Uh, And they expanded the evacuation zone to a one-mile by two-mile area and dug ditches to contain the released vinyl chloride liquid while it vaporized and burned. The controlled venting began about 4.40 p.m. on February 6th and continued for several hours. So again, they released the vinyl chloride and burnt it. Burnt it. Why? Because um, they were scared of an explosion taking place. And uh, this was kind of confirmed by CNN as well. So CNN reported that um, to prevent a potentially deadly blast of vinyl chloride, crews released the toxic chemical into a trench and burned it off on February six, three days after the derailment. So again, just to summarize, we have the derailment. There's an initial fire. They put out the fire, but two or three days later, there's a couple tanks that concern them because of an excess in temperature that they're measuring. And this excess in temperature is concerning for them because they're claiming that it was potentially going to lead to an explosion. Now, a question here is if you've already cleared the area, then why the major concern about a hypothetical blast I mean, I get it. You want to perhaps avoid any unnecessary damage and so on and so forth. But I mean, what about the damage that was caused by virtue of just of just flaming and combusting these chemicals? Um, what, what about that damage? So um, it's understandable, I suppose. We don't want a, a, a explosion. However, when you consider what took place, was it really that much worse? Um... And uh, one thing to note here is that, okay, so the polymerization is is occurring, and this is is leading to an increase in temperature, they're saying. So, okay, there's an explosion that's going to take place. And the issue is that there was a malfunctioning safety valve, which led to pressure building up inside of the tanks, right? So this is what the story is, okay? But, okay, so The question is, why do they need to burn off the gas in addition to venting it, right? Why couldn't they just vent it? And if they were scared of the explosion, then, okay, like, that's understandable. But there's different ways of managing that instead of burning it. You could have just vented and take care of the pressure because, okay, the valve was malfunctioning. Okay, so you vent it and take care of the pressure. And then in terms of temperature... We'll look at that in terms of the material safety data sheet, which is just every single chemical has what's called an MSDS or a material safety data sheet, which is a breakdown of the chemical. It's the different physical attributes and just how to deal with it in case there's ever any um, any situations like this. So it's a perfect thing. So if there's ever any safety issues, you refer to an MSDS. Okay, this is what you should do. Do you clean it? Do you, if there's a fire, do you use water? Do you use a different chemicals so on and so forth so each one each chemical has a specific msds that you can use in order to track what it, the details of the chemical and also how to re- respond to it if you get it in your eye what should you do if you inhale it what should you do what are the precautions that should be taken so again the the what happened was the the, the safety valve was malfunctioning Right, and this was leading to pressure buildup. So the question is again, why are they burning it in addition to venting it? Again, you take care of the temperature, you take care of the pressure, and uh, th- there, there's means for dealing with this. So um, w- one thing that again that, that this really make makes interesting here is. Um, Just reading in Wikipedia, so on February 6th, the Wine and Shapiro, which are the senators or I guess of the state, uh, ordered the mandatory evacuation of all residents within a one by two mile area, okay, which we established in an effort to further, uh, to prevent further explosion. So Norfolk Southern Emergency Crews conducted a controlled release and burn of the five tanks of vinyl chloride into the air. Small... Here's the interesting part. Small shaped charges were used to breach the tank cars, and the vinyl chloride was allowed to flow into a trench, which it was ignited, which was then ignited by flares. Right. So they released the vinyl chloride into trenches, and they ignited with flares. Now, I want to just break down the logic here. So they, they claim that the valves were malfunctioning, and this led to a pressure buildup. So therefore, they had to use the, uh, what's it called, uh, the shape charges in order to breach the tanks, right? But then if your issue is the explosion and the pressure buildup, then again, by simply puncturing those tanks with your charges, with your shape charges, you release that pressure. So theoretically, you've taken care of the pressure. That's one okay, w- what about the temperature? Again, as I said, the MSDS deals with that, which I'll get to later, but it's, it's just a very interesting thing of the story that's being told. And when you look at, again, first principles, what's going on, something just doesn't add up here. And especially, especially, this was the very interesting thing that I wanted to note was that if they're claiming that there was a pressure buildup, well, when you actually look at a conversion chart of vinyl chloride monomer, and as it's converting into the vinyl chloride polymer, PVC, polyvinyl chloride, what happens is that there's actually a pressure decrease. Right? I'll show you the chart. The chart's right here. What you see, I I researched this, or I, I did a little review. I found this PhD paper and it was analyzing vinyl chloride perfect so this individual did many different tests and one of the isotherms that you find as you convert vinyl chloride monomer into polyvinyl chloride is that there's actually a pressure drop so if they're concerned that the increase in temperature was leading to polymerization of vinyl chloride into pvc polyvinyl chloride which was leading to uh, an increase in pressure and and the valve wasn't working well what happens is that it actually should lead to a pressure drop because of the physical properties of the chemical reaction again this is why I love this because we're analyzing from first principles. A little side note, did you know that Isaac Newton, after he finished his illustrious physics career, he actually had a career as an investigator, as a detective. Why? Because he was an amazing physicist. And as an amazing physicist, he had great deductive reasoning. And he was able to analyze things from first principles and That was always a wonderful lesson to me for how science and chemistry and physics can be used in the real world applications. So this is a perfect example of that. Again, it doesn't make sense. The story is that the valve wasn't working. There was polymerization happening as a result of the increase in temperature. There was a pressure buildup, so we had to puncture it and flare it. We had to puncture the tanks, release the vinyl chloride into some ditches, and then flare it and burn it. Meanwhile, the physics, the chemistry shows us that as the polymerization reaction occurs, pressure actually decreases. So pressure would be decreasing in the tank as that's occurring. Again, something just simply does not add up here. And when you look at the temperature, when you look at the temperature, okay, this is perhaps where we can uh, talk about the MSDS. Actually, no, before I get into that, here's a, a very interesting thing, actually, that came up a few days after uh, all the hoopla, and this was in The Guardian. They reported this, that EPA testing has confirmed that chemicals in soil and water include vinyl chloride, big surprise, phosphine, benzene, and a range of other volatile organic compounds, known as VOCs, in particular matter. And the public health public experts uh Uh, Experts say water soils are also likely to be contaminated with dioxins, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, PHSs, a whole bunch of other bad stuff. So here's the interesting part. The soil was scheduled to go to a U.S. ecology landfill in in Belleville, Michigan which sits at the edge of Metro Detroit and just a few miles from Ann Arbor, two of the state's most populous regions. The contaminated water is slated to be sent to Texas Molecular Deep Well Injection Facility in Deer Park in the same county as Houston, the fourth most populous U.S. city. So there was a bit of a game of hot potato that was taking place where at one point they were going to take the waste and ship it to uh, some some sort of facility in Michigan. But then there was this whole hoopla from the community, from the public, I suppose, the whole not not in my backyard thing occurred, the NIMBY attitude, and it was pushed back to Houston, to a facility in Houston. Now, The issue here is that, okay, I get it. Nobody wants to have a whole bunch of toxic waste in their local neighborhood. Okay, fair, fair. However, when you're dealing with this type of waste, this type of hazardous, toxic waste, you can't just take it to any facility. You can't just take it to any landfill, any regular old landfill. You have to take it to specific facilities that deal with specific types of hazardous waste. So, although I understand the sentiment that, hey, I don't want to get this thing in my backyard. But there's only a limited number of actual locations, a limited number of places that can treat this type of waste. So, you kind of have to deal with the cars that you're dealt with there's no ifs ands or buts about it you can only send the waste to be treated if you want it to be done right if you want it to be done right that's the key there yeah you could just burn it down the the, down the river if for all you care but if you want it done right then you want to take it to the actual facilities that specialize in dealing with this type of waste so um which again Leads me to the question of if they were going to have this waste then be sent to these facilities to be treated, then why did they have to burn off the vinyl chloride in the first place? Why couldn't they have dug the ditches? They create, they puncture the holes, they open up the tanks, it gushes into the ditches they pump it into some other tanks and they ship those tanks off to the waste hazard the hazardous waste facilities that could have easily been done in a in a di- without the whole need to flare so and the the reason that i can state that with confidence is again or at least some level of confidence again yeah, you have to give people kind of benefit of the doubt perhaps that uh, in the heat of the moment they were trying to make decisions and this was the best decision that they thought was the most reasonable to make in that time however of course we that doesn't mean that we are not privy to analyze and scrutinize and try to learn and hopefully not make those mistakes again so this is where as i mentioned we can speak of the material safety uh, data sheet of vinyl chloride and again material safety data sheet it is something that occur that exists for every single chemical out there and it just tells you everything you need to know about a chemical its physical chemical properties its safety concerns what to do so on and so forth so it can be very helpful in these types of situations whenever you're in a lab you're always told hey whatever uh, chemical you're dealing with this is actually standard practice this is actually very this is actually very key to know whenever you're working in a lab or in a facility that deals with these types of hazardous chemicals, first and foremost, they always have the MSDS, the material safety data sheet of these chemicals freely available. Number one and number two is that the people that are working on these chemicals should be trained on how to deal with these chemicals in case of emergency. So they should actually be familiarized with the MSDS. They should actually have read it. They should actually know it. They should actually uh, understand in case of emergency for chemical X, this is what you do. For chemical Y, this is what you do. For chemical Z, this is what you do. Theoretically, that's how it should work. Okay, now when we look at the MSDS, we can get some information about it. Okay, so for about vinyl chloride. Uh, okay, it's, it's a liquefied gas. Uh, ga- when it's a gas under pressure, it's a flammable gas. Okay, it's a hazardous flammable gas, uh, highly flammable liquid. Okay, we, we know all that stuff. Causes damage to organs, may cause cancer. So it's, it's a dirty thing. Not a pleasant thing. So when we get to the section that speaks of extinguishing media, This is where we can address the temperature claim. So again, we had the pressure claim and then we want to address the temperature claim. So if the material on fire or if material is on fire or involved in fire, do not extinguish fire unless flow can be stopped. Use water in flooding quantities as fog. Cool all affected containers with flooding quantities of water. Apply water from a far distance as possible. So in terms of dealing with the temperature, the direction, is relatively clear to keep water to flood the general area in order to create a cool environment. So, which the firefighters were already doing fundamentally, because before, if we recall again, on February third there was the derailment habit. There was a big fire, and then for two, three days they were um, they were extinguishing the fire. And then they were successful. They were actually successful. So the, the worst of the heat is surpassed. But it was only after the fact, it was only after the fact, after they had actually put it away and extinguished the fire that they realized, oh, wait, there's still heat. There's still uh, theoretically polymerization happening and the heat uh, in these tanks is concerning. Mind you, they have still not released the temperature readings. So I'd be curious to know what that was. What were the temperature readings that were so concerning to you guys? If they were legit, then release them. Um, But but, but again, in terms of the temperature, they had uh, theoretically dealt with the worst temperature because they had put out the fire. So things were cooling. Things were already cooling And yet, there was still a concern. Again, something just simply doesn't add up here. So, another section of the MSDS states the specific hazards arising from the chemical. This is something interesting to note as well specific hazards of combustion products, hazards of the combustion products. It forms highly toxic combustion products such as hydrogen chloride, phosgene, carbon monoxide. So, when, it, when the uh, vinyl chloride is combusted, the products are arguably just as bad, if not worse, than the, than, than the vinyl chloride itself. So behavior in fire. Container may explode in fire. Okay, this is a warning. Maybe container might explode in fire. But, again, it says container may explode in fire. Not when there's a hypothetical increase in temperature due to polymerization. They had already put out the fire. So again, this is very interesting because it, it says behavior fire container may explode in fire, but it didn't. It didn't explode in the fire. They put out the fire and they were concerned with the temperature increasing after the fact. So that would go to say that when you actually think about it, even though on the surface level, okay, behavior and fire container might explode in fire. Okay, makes sense. They were concerned about the explosion. But when you think about it, the fire was already out. The fire was already out. So why are you guys still trying to be concerned about an explosion theoretically, when the fire, the worst, has been already has already taken place? Um, one thing that's interesting uh, to point out here is that um, the 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 the, the scenario is that the container. What well, again wasn't on fire? It was the internal temperature that was elevated. So, um, when it comes to the advice for firefighters, right? You're a firefighter. What should you do? Well, you refer to the MSDS. Perfect. It's got. They they've thought of this for you. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Worst case scenario. Okay, so what does it say for our firefighters? It says, okay, shut off supply if not possible, and no risks surrounding. Let the fire burn itself out. In other cases, extinguish with powder, carbon dioxide, or water spray. See, so notes in case of fire, keep cylinder cool by spraying with water. Combat fire from a sheltered position. So again, when it comes to the MSDS, it's telling us to keep things cool by spraying with water and a couple of chemicals. But that's what you have to do. So when it comes to their original claims, again, of temperature and pressure, the temperature claim can be essentially um, addressed by the fact that the worst of the temperature has already been surpassed by the fact that the fire had already been extinguished, right? And then the pressure claim can be addressed by the fact that as the polymerization occurs of the vinyl chloride to polyvinyl chloride, that actually leads to a drop in pressure. That's just the chemistry of it that's just the nature of the chemical reaction it's a, it's a pressure decrease so th- there's your pressure and there's your temperature and this is something else that was just amazingly interesting reading the msds for this uh, chemical really just helped illuminate certain things because It states very clearly, dangerous when exposed to heat or flame or oxidizers. Large fires of this material are practically inextinguishable. So why are you going to start a fire with something that you know is inextinguishable? It's completely counterintuitive. The MSDS literally states, hey, large fires, inextinguishable. Watch out. And yet these guys are the ones that actively created the fire it makes no sense it actually makes no sense again temperature is is addressed pressure is addressed it states large fires inextinguishable watch out what do they do they create a fire they create a large fire So special protective actions for firefighters. It says, if involved in fire, shut off flow immediately. If it can be done without risk. If this is impossible, withdraw from area and allow fire to burn. Fight fire from a protected location or maximum possible distance. Eliminate all heat and ignition sources if safe to do so. Right. So it's saying eliminate the heat, eliminate the ignition, but these guys are going out there and they're the ones that are igniting. They're the ones that are adding the heat. you see it makes no sense what what happened and especially from here it says what we just heard it says withdraw from the area and allow fire to burn so it says so the the direction to the firefighters is to withdraw from the area and allow the fire to burn and yet what did they do they went there and they started to burn (laughs) You, you see how like they literally did the opposite they they went there and they burnt it instead of withdraw instead of there being a fire and then a they, they watch out let's go the vinyl chloride is on fire we we shouldn't be here they went there and they turned they they burned the vinyl chloride just all the wrong actions all the wrong actions it it would appear to be uh, something interesting i read here is that um the gas is heavier than air and may travel along the ground. This ignition is possible. Vapors are uninhibited and may polymerize, causing blockage events. That's explosion possible if in powder or granular form mixed with air. Vinyl chloride is peroxidizable, forms explosive polymeric peroxides in contact with air. The presence of any variety of, of catalysts. Okay. Here's the interesting part. So, large storage in contact with air increases with concentration of the polyperoxides to hazardous levels. The, the peroxides may initiate exothermic polymerization of the remaining material. Many oxidizing agents apparently initiate polymerization. May react very hot water steam produce toxic fumes. So, did you notice what it didn't mention there? It mentioned polymerization. Right. However, it did not mention that polymerization was sufficient heat to warrant concern of an explosion. It says, "Hey, watch out! Polymerization. The process may initiate exothermic polymerization of the remaining material," which was essentially the situation here. They were saying that there was. Um, some sort of polymerization that was taking place and hey, watch out. Actually, this is a this is an interesting point actually is that there's peroxides that are necessary. So in terms of catalyzing the reaction to even take place, that occurs with the presence of certain chemicals, one of those being peroxides, which wasn't there. However, you could argue that after giving it enough time, peroxides formed, I suppose, um, just by virtue of the uh, just re- reactions that were taking place, the redox reactions taking place. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, but again, even if we say that, hey, the catalyst form, the peroxide was there, this was leading to the exothermic re- reaction, there's no mention here that the exothermic reaction is going to lead to an explosion. It's not mentioned. It's not mentioned at all. So again, it would lead us to believe that something strange is happening here where the logic that was given to the public, the logic that was given to the media or by the media on behalf of the disaster that took place simply does not add up. Because if there was a legitimate exothermic reaction that was leading to polymerization, then that would be mentioned in MSDS as as, uh, worrying and it would state hey watch out if polymerization is occurring that might lead to an explosion if that's inadvertently happening and it's not occurring in a controlled manner that you are dictating that might lead to an explosion but it doesn't say that it says hey if it's on fire that might lead to an explosion if it's on fire but they took care of the fire again something just isn't right here something just doesn't add up and Especially, especially when we again consider the fact that as the polymerization occurs, you see a drop in pressure. You see a drop in the actual pressure of the tank. So what, it's just things that just (laughs) don't make sense on top of things that don't make sense on top of things that don't make sense. So ultimately, can we say that the burn was justified? I would not say so based on just what I was able to dig up, based on the facts at hand, based on the claims. Just so let's do a recap. So, based on the claims of the uh, broken valve leading to temp- pressure increase, false. Because as we have conversion of mono vinyl chloride to polyvinyl chloride, then we have a drop in pressure. So, that doesn't make sense. Temperature there was an increase in temperature that was leading to the polymerization occurring of the mono vinyl choir to pvc so the we haven't seen any temperature readings first and foremost to say that this is justified and on top of that in terms of the temperature being an issue well that was the main concern when the thing was on fire That was the main concern, and we know that by reference to the MSDS, which tells us that, hey, when the tank is on fire, that's when you're most concerned about an explosion. When there's a polymerization reaction occurring, it's like, okay, just wait for it to end. And on top of that, how you address the temperature is by sustaining water and creating that environment to cool the tank, which they were doing, and they were successful in doing because, again, the fire went out. So you address the temperature, you address the pressure. Next, you address the fact that um, the MSDS states that, hey, large fires of this material are inextinguishable. Don't do it. And what do they do? They create a fire of something that's inextinguishable it's um something that really is fishy about this I, I don't know i don't want to imply. i don't want to say anything beyond like hey what are the uh, what are, what is the evidence state um it's hard to make any impl- any implications on people or whatever but just based on the story that we've been told and the facts at hand just something doesn't add up that's really all i have to say today on this episode of first principles podcast analyzing the horrific tragedy of the east palestine norfolk trail derailment i hope you guys found some value in this and um took a lot of time for me to do this research and really understand the chemical properties and behavior of vinyl chloride so i would appreciate it if you gave this video a share And so that we can get the conversation going and start asking these questions, start asking these difficult questions. Hey, the story that you told doesn't make sense. The claims of temperature and pressure and explosion don't make sense. And here's why there's actually data, there's actually evidence, there's actually information to refute what you told us. So please, if you found value in this, share it with a friend, share it on Twitter, share it on Facebook, whatever, because we need to get to the bottom of this and if you are truly truly down with just the environmental thing from a legitimate point from a legitimate heart not with just some crazy anti uh you know anti fossil fuel uh, narrative that some 12-year-old thinks of but if you just truly understand hey you don't have to be some sort of hippie, green loving, you know, just environmental warrior in order to care about this stuff. Everybody should care about clean air, clean water, these things that I think that everybody should get around. And that's why I think this is an important thing and I actually dedicated a lot of my life to studying these things. And because I do think that these are important. I spent over so six years, seven years, getting degrees in understanding the environmental engineering that goes into treating these types of uh, chemical issues and chemical disasters. And I'm certainly far from an expert, but I understand the importance of it. And I hope you guys value the importance of this as well. And again, please give it a share. And I'll catch you guys in the next one. The first principles breakdown from the ground up. Peace.